Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Woodman Corner on a week in which West Bromwich Albion lost a genuine legend. Uh, I'm Graham Brown and today this week's Woodman Corner will be solely about Cyril Regis. Um, we're going to take a journey through his life, start, starting off as an apprentice electrician who uh, became a player, became a man and became a legend and we're going to talk to people who've been involved with him all along that journey. Um, What's going to become really clear to you over the next half an hour or so is that uh, footballer is just the start of the Cyril Regis story. Um, we'll look back at how he, began, how he began those humble beginnings and how they made him into the footballer he was. We'll talk to uh, the players he met and the differences that he made there, look at the sort of person he was in the dressing room uh, back in those days. We'll talk to people who, who uh, dealt with him in later life uh, about the massive impact he made on uh, the community, on young people, totally outside of football, including a Hollywood star who will drop everything to come back to his uh, funeral because he's so devastated by his loss. Um, We will talk to people who uh, dealt with him entirely outside of football to look at the difference that he's made there. Um, It's been a... yeah, I I, I am... um, a comparatively young Albion fan. I've never met Cyril Regis, nor uh, did I ever watch him play, but he left an indelible mark on me um, because the three degrees in that era and the things they did for football are probably my favourite thing about West Bromwich Albion. So while I didn't know Cyril, the experience of doing this, of speaking to people, has been so, so, so humbling. What a wonderful man this is and how fortunate we are that he's um, involved with our club. But I will... um, now hand over to someone who knows far better than I about this. I'm going to start off with a chat that I've just had with uh, John Wyle, um, who obviously played with that, with Cyril for several years at the Albion. There's a few things that I love about this interview. Um, for his, uh, how he talked about his first experience of Cyril in training and how uh, he realised very quickly that he's a, he's, a, he's a man to be taken seriously. And just the sense of... Um, of of the team there of of a young man that's coming into a uh, to a team full of great people and fitting right in. Uh, over to John Wyle. Okay, so I'm uh, I'm here with legendary Albion uh, centre half John Wyle, who obviously also played with Sir Ridges. John, thank you ever so much for uh, for joining us here this week. Um, we've spoken to so many people like Cyril who've had so many glowing things to say. I mean, what would be your um, principal memories of him? Probably. Uh same as everyone else who you've spoken to and um, he, uh, it was a t- tremendous shock as it was I'm sure to everybody when I got the news and um, having just seen him quite recently and seeing how fit and healthy he looked uh, it was, I was just taken aback that uh, that, that had happened uh, indeed I always used to say to him when I met him you know you could play tomorrow and I'm sure he could have done 
but uh, it, my memories of him are both as a footballer and also as a person. And in both categories, he was top of the tree. Uh, such a such a talented footballer, um, a bloke who who had everything you wanted in some somebody uh, from a, a talent perspective. His skill, his pace, uh, his demeanour. Uh, he was very humble, and he just you just couldn't wish to meet a nicer person. Have you got a, a sort of lasting memory you'll have of him, you know, an exchange when you first met him, perhaps an exchange you had with Cyril that might um, might shed light on your relationship with him? Well, uh, not, in, not on, in a, on a one-to-one basis. I, I, I think at that time we had such a, such a, a good um, feeling around the club and, and, and the group of players that were there all got on extremely well together which is, I'm sure, one of the reasons why that, that particular team was so successful. Yeah. Um, and we all, I think, appreciated each other's strengths. And as I said, several strengths were goal scoring. We we only used to uh, kid him on a bit about scoring some scruffy goals. Every goal he scored was sort of goal of the month sort of thing. <laughs> um, but I mean, I know when, when we first came came across him, we were playing a practice match at the old training ground, which was a, a regular occurrence, first team versus the reserves. And we'd heard about this uh, black kid that had come along. And Alistair Robinson and I were, as usual, playing in defence. And the ball comes in from the wing, and it was meat and drink to Alistair and I in, in our football career. And I went up just to knock it away, and suddenly found that there was somebody above me knocking it down. <laughs> and so we looked around and so on. And Alistair and I looked at each other and thought, hmm. So the next ball comes in, same again. I went up to try, I'll get this one. Uh, and a bit more effort, <laughs> same result, Cyril above me knocking it down. And um, so Alistair and I knew at that time, and I think so did everybody else, that, uh, that he was ready. He was ready for the first team, and it wasn't long after that that he, uh, he came in. He came in um, to the first team. Yeah, well, uh, to make to make his debut at Rotherham, and I, and I do remember that. Yeah, you were probably the, you were the luckiest centre halves in the in the late seventies, really, <laughs> being on being on his team rather than the ones playing against him. No one knew what to do with him, really, did they? They didn't. I mean, he, he he was a natural. I think I think he benefited from being a natural, and quite honestly, I think he benefited from not coming up through. Uh, the routine that was in football clubs, um, because he was a natural, he did things which people didn't expect. Uh, I, I mean, when he was footballers today, they almost play by numbers. Yeah. And um, and I think Cyril and indeed Laurie uh, were were unusual in that they didn't play by numbers. They they were just a natural and natural. If if the ball was there to control and turn and have a go, they would do it. Where you would expect. Uh, perhaps more traditional uh, broader players to, to probably control the ball and look to pass it off and get into another position. And defenders weren't used to that. And when you added his enormous strength, and they could try and foul him, they could try to slow him down, but they couldn't because he had this wonderful strength and, and balance for a big fella. And uh, he was... A, I mean, I've watched some of the goals on... YouTube uh, clips 
and he scored some fantastic goals. Um, and the, the more you watch them, the more you realise what a player he was. So, so we, we've had it. We've got a real kind of insight into it. Obviously, a lot of people have seen what a phenomenal footballer he was, and people have seen his impact since then. Yeah, some of the we've spoken to um, to, uh, to some uh, some community leaders who talk about the, the work he's done with young black men and so on. I guess what but what picture people don't have a clearer um, image on was what was he like as a person back then when he was playing? What was Cyril like in the dressing room back in the late seventies? Well, he. he I mean that dressing room was a dressing room full of full of good people, full of good characters and good professionals. And Cyril just blended in. He he was all of those things. He um, he enjoyed himself as as most young lads would do, um, and joined in with the younger members of the team, and they went out and enjoyed themselves. Um, but when it came to the serious part, he was ready to go and ready to play. But it, I think. I think there were two stages. I think Cyril, as he got older, he, as most of us do, uh, I think he developed and his character became more uh, confident, more settled. And I, he was just, uh, whenever you were with him, you always felt as if he, he was relaxed and he had a presence because of his, his ability just to, to talk to people. He, he treat everyone the same. Uh, he was very popular and people wanted a bit of his time. That wasn't a problem. He was a very, very, very well-rounded person. And as I said, I have never met anyone who had a bad word to say against him. And, and I never heard Cyril a bad word against anybody else. He was, it's, um, he was such a nice bloke. And I, and I remember him as being a very, very nice person uh, and an extremely good footballer. John, thank you ever so much for, for share, sharing that with us. It's really, really um, interesting insight and, and we really appreciate your coming on. Th- thanks for spending the time with us. Graham, that's not a problem at all. Thank you. Cheers, mate. All the best. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay, thank you to John Wilde for that. So that gives you an insight into um, what Cyril was like in the dressing room with other players and that sort of thing. But I thought um, what we'd do next is take a manager's view on what it was like to manage Cyril. So there's only one place to go with that. Um, I spoke to Ron Atkinson. What I should say is I spoke to Ron Atkinson within minutes of um, this announcement coming out. We were reporting on Surridge's death quite quickly after it. Uh, so I, my immense thanks to Ron for talking to, him, to us. But you can probably hear from this audio that it was pretty raw information for him then. <laughs> Horrible news. What's uh, what's your reaction? I'm a bit shocked, devastated, really. Um, complete surprise. Uh, you know, um, and uh, well, I'm sure as I'm sure everybody else is because he looks like a big, strong lad. Every time you saw him, you thought he was. You know, he looks as if he could still play. Uh, Ron, you, say, you, you sound absolutely distraught. I mean, what did Cyril mean to you? Oh, he was, he was one of the... He was, he was just a great guy. I mean, you have special memories. I managed him at both, you know, at um, Albion and at um, Villa. Took him to Villa when he was supposedly finished at Coventry and he came and did us a great job there. Um, as a player, your memories are him being a... You know, I've been lucky enough to work with some great players, and whenever I'm asked to name my best team, he's always setting the forward, you know. 
Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it's, it's ironic he only got five international caps because, you know, she, on a, today, in today's market, it would have been worth about 60 or 70 international caps at least. Yeah. But he was in an era when there was some very good centre forwards about, but I still think he, he, he should have got a lot more caps than he did get. Um, I, I'm, I'm an Albion fan, but I never, was never fortunate enough to see him. But I always got the impression he was an incredible man. I mean, can, can you think back to... You know to... what? I said to somebody, he was, he's the best centre-forward I've ever had. And I've had about four or five like world-class centre-forwards. And he was an even better bloke than he was player. Yeah. I mean, when I think of the big man, I always think of him as, as a bloke more than as a player even. I mean, he was. I can't ever. Somebody asked me today. I can't ever remember having one, um, one sort of put him in the line sort of thing. And he was, he was also a, you know, he was a trailblazer, wasn't he? When you look at the, the game today, it, you know, a lot gets said about the three degrees, and and I mean, Cyril's, you know, as much as any of them. I mean, he, he changed the, they changed the game for players for today, didn't they? Well, yeah, but he did it through the way the way he uh, handled himself, the way his performance level on the pitch. He was he was very popular with with visiting fans as well. They very much appreciate it. I can remember him scoring a, a wonder goal at Main Road when he went past virtually everybody on the field. A bit similar to the one Daly and got for the Villa at Wimbledon. A bit similar to that. Went past everybody. Chipped Joe Corrigan. And everybody in the ground rose and didn't stand in nobody shit. That was away from home. You know, he was, he was, he was very, very, he was admired and respected by not only the Albion fans, he was a, he was a bit of a cult figure of the Albion fans. Um, and visiting grounds and all that, he would, he would get appreciated for the way he conducted himself and the way he played. Oh, it, say, it says everything there, and I think that's a, uh, while it's difficult because he's such a young man, and that I think he's a, he, it's a life that we should um, celebrate, especially in the West Midlands because we're so fortunate to see him. Forgive me for this question because you know this is this is hours since anyone's found out. But can you think what's your um, you, have you got a favourite story that relates to Cyril? I think one of the one of the memories I got is we went on a pre-season pre-season up to Scotland, to play and on the way we stopped to play. At, a, a testimonial at Motherwell and uh, it's a bit long and um, and their, their manager Roger Hines who was keen to all that fitness thing he said I've organised a sprint race beforehand between three of your players and three of ours because they've been training abroad we've just gone, come in for training and I Laurie Cunningham, Laurie, who's got a bit of a bad angle, Willie Johnson, who's just come back from the uh, Argentina thing, and Cyril, and they had a few, they had their, what they call their speed merchants. And Cyril absolutely devastated them, but he, he ran them and beat them by about a, beat a lot of them by about 20 yards. And uh, at the end of the game, they, they, then we played the match after we beat them 8-1. And I 
manager coming in, Roger Hines, saying, when the big man destroyed us before the game in that race, his outlets came in absolutely dejected when they saw how quick he was. Mm. And the irony of it was, I think Tony Brown scored three and Ali Brown scored four the other way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were too uh, taken by him. A lot, of, a lot of the memories of it still uh, as a bloke. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Um, Ron, I, I really appreciate your time quite so early, and, and, and sorry it's such a tragic reason to talk yeah. about, but we re- thank you ever so much for, uh, for speaking to us about this. Okay. Okay, so thanks again to Ron for that. So there's probably one person that we really need to hear from um, well, in, in looking through the life of Cyril Regis. Obviously, he's going to be forever remembered as one of those three degrees, Cyril, Laurie Cunningham and Brendan Batson, who are just so fondly remembered at the album. As I say, my, my heart almost burst out of my chest with the pride that the club that I support played this part in righting a wrong in a game, you know, in, in, in levelling out the playing field so that everyone can have the same opportunities. There's, there are ways to go, yeah, we, we need pioneers in the area of, um, of uh, sexuality for, for a start, but we're talking about genuine pioneers. So, obviously... Un- Sadly, we've uh, we've already lost Laurie, so that leaves one of the three degrees left. That's Brendan Batson. Um, we uh, we thank Talksport for this audio. He uh, he gave this um, this this interview the day after Cyril's death. Brendan, good morning. First thing from me, an apology because uh, I spoke to you yesterday, and obviously the news of uh, Cyril Regis's death was. Well, it had been very, very recent and it was just too raw time for you to speak. And I know you went through it yesterday. I, I, I'm hugely obliged to you for speaking to me today, Brendan. Um, is it getting any easier 24 hours on? Probably not. No, it isn't. Um, you know, it's a huge loss for all of us who knew and loved Cyril. And obviously at this time, we're thinking of his, uh, his wife and his family, his extended family and all his friends. And it was it's such a shock. Um, and this morning is no easier to cope with the news that I heard yesterday. But, um, you know, you try and think of him very fondly, and uh, we'll all miss him. We'll miss him terribly. Uh, Brendan, I mean, last night I was watching him scoring goals right, left and centre for West Brom and, and Coventry, and he looked such a fit specimen when he played, and even recently I saw pictures of him as well, and... He looks so fit, Brendan. This is the thing that gets me. He looks such a strong man in the pictures that I was looking at. Oh, he was immaculate. He looked after himself. Cyril was uh, playing a lot of golf, really enjoying his life, uh, enjoyed what he did, uh, acted as an agent, particularly dealing with young players under his charge. And uh, he always looked immaculate. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's terrible. I was due to meet with him today. We've got a meeting at the club today. I was looking forward to seeing him because I hadn't seen him since the new year. Um and it, it is it is a shock, uh, as you say. He always looked immaculate, looked very very fit, looked as though like he could still pull on a shirt. Mm. And um, you know, when I got the news from his brother, is you just feel devastated and um, can't quite believe it, really. Brendan, I, I I like so many, you know, thousands, millions of football fans uh, uh, around the world watch Cyril score goals, but we didn't know him. You did, and you knew him so well. What made Cyril Regis so special as a man? Well, I've been listening to some of the tributes being paid to him from just um, people from your supporters, really. And don't forget, he played for four clubs within the Midlands. And I think what comes through, not just that he was a tremendous footballer, he he was a joy to watch in full flight. You know, 
get pace, he can get power, score spectacular goals. But I think the thing that shines through is that people talk about when they met him, how humble he was, he had time for people, he had a huge smile. And there was something about him, you know, because of his exploits on the football field, he had a bit of an awe around him. Um, but he was so approachable and he was enjoying his life. Everything he did, he was enjoying his life. And it seems such a, tr- a shame that uh, we don't know the reasons why yet, but um, and he was taken from us so suddenly. And we'll all remember him as he looking so immaculate. Um, and that's why it's come as such a shock. You know, I've heard people say, like Cyril and you and, and others, pioneers for black players. But, you know, you, you were and you are, Brendan. I mean, it's down to you now. I want to go on to that in a moment. But Cyril was a true pioneer, wasn't he? Well, his backstory is excellent. You know, I mean, he um, came in from non-league. He was a an apprentice electrician. Uh, you know, when you hear his story, he talks about getting up in the morning, five, half five in the morning, doing a full shift uh, while she was doing his qualifications as an electrician and then going on playing at night in the evening, coming home uh, late in the evening and all over again the next day. That shows his character, and I think that's why he appreciated the success he enjoyed with his um, with his club start at West Brom because of his background. You know, he worked at it. didn't come easy to him in terms of uh, breaking through. But once the opportunity presented itself... Is fantastic, and you know, not just myself and Cyril and Laurie, all the players of that black players of that era had to put up with a lot. Um, and it, it was character building, and he came through it uh, as good as anyone. Brendan, you said a moment ago that you were due to meet Cyril today. Um, yes, yeah. I mean, you, you, you know, that are feeling somewhat lost at the moment, Brendan, and and that feeling is not going to go away for some time, is it? It's just part of life, but it doesn't get any easier when you lose somebody so close and uh, somebody you've enjoyed a um, a working relationship with as, as teammates. And we became better friends once um, uh, we moved into second careers. And uh, he lives um, five minutes from me. I'm in the city centre and he's in Esbaston. Literally takes five minutes in the car. He used to come and pick me up regularly when we were going to different functions because I hate driving. Um, <laughs> so he's actually, he used to act as my driver. <laughs> um, but, you know, it... it you, you, at this time, I think we. Try, what what springs to my mind is is the enjoyment he had when he scored goals. I think when we the game people talk about when we beat Man United five three, he scored the fifth goal, having been thwarted by Gary Bailey throughout the um the course of the game. And there's a fantastic picture of him running away, arms aloft, this huge smile, his massive dimples he's got, and and that epitomised Cyril really. He enjoyed scoring goals, played the game with a smile on his face, and he was a real joy to be around. We you know we we, we got former players uh, association and president and we use his suite as his Regis suite we we have that as our players box and um, it's always been a joy when you see Cyril turn up for the games and we saw each other regularly and um, you know we will miss him terribly we will miss him so as you can hear all the time we go through this story all, all, we, 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 we tread the uh, the life of Cyril Regis the thing that keeps coming up again is wonderful footballer even better human being. So I thought what we'd do next is um, to 
take football out of the equation. Surridge was fantastic. I'm jealous of all of the people out there who got to see his goals and the impact that he had on the game and so on. Uh, you know, in my when I was coming up, it was Winston White and people like that. So it was a it was rather a different experience. So we'll move away from football now. Um, I'm next going to talk to Carl George MBE, who is a um, community leader and is involved with. Um, uh, in lots of things, but but in um, addressing diversity issues outside of football, you know, so getting young black men into careers and um, giving them inspiration and so on. And Cyril Regis was a, a friend of his for decades and someone that worked way, way, way beyond football. So, so, so what this this shows is um, his impact outside outside of the game. And I think a particular thing to listen out for here is a that, as I mentioned earlier, a Hollywood star who is now racing back from Hollywood for Cyril Regis's. Um, Funeral because he wouldn't have been the man he was now without um, without his guidance. So uh, hope you enjoy this. Okay, so I'm here with Carl George MBE, who is the uh, managing director of the Governance Forum. Um, he's also a uh, friend of Sir Ridge's and someone who uh, who worked with him extensively. Carl, um, thank you for joining us. Can you um, talk us through how you've come to know Sir Ridge's? Yeah, I've known Sir for approximately well, over two decades now. Uh, one of my friends, Dave Barnett, who's godfather to my son, a uh, footballer as well, um, very close with Cyril. Um, and he may have been the first introduction, to be fair. Um, so long that I can't remember. Um, but he also was one of the mentors of an organisation that we had called 100 Black Men, uh, where we went into schools and mentored um, particularly black boys. You know about some of the statistics about how they achieved coming out of school. But mentoring across the whole um, of the platform. Yeah. Um, Cyril's also a Christian, and we, so I know each other. We both were in the same church for a while. And thirdly, we sat on a number of committees in the community, um, strategic committees with business, with strategy, just helping the African and Caribbean and business community to work more effectively. With all the different stakeholders. So I think that's 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 testament to the sort of you know everyone we're speaking to is saying that you know while Cyril was a great footballer, he was an even greater man, and I think you're kind of testament to that. But that's why I'm pleased to have you on, really, because obviously you know him as a person rather than a footballer. I mean, what what sort of a person was he? Um, Cyril, uh, I'm sure everyone will say Cyril was a really um, giving person. Um, because of my networks and some of the things I do, even in football where I train ex-professional footballers and get them board appointments. Um, people are always asking for um, contacts to Cyril or will Cyril come and do a talk or can you get him to sign a book? Or And one of the things Cyril never said was no. It was always, um, tell me when, I'll fit in my diary. And sometimes people ask me, I didn't really want to ask him because I knew he'd say yes every time. Yeah. Um, I'd say, Cyril, no pressure, mate, but such a trip has asked me this. And the answer would always be yes. He was a very giving person, accommodating of everybody. Um, and and everybody will say that. Nobody would have a bad thing to say about him because he's generally one of those people um, who's a nice guy. Um, so, so it sounds, again, away from football, you, you've been close in terms of his, his sort of non-footballing achievements. It, what, what kind of a legacy has he left outside of football yeah, in terms of kind of working with young people and that sort of thing? Are there, are there kind of... Um, empowered young black men now that are, you know, out, even outside of football because of Cyril Regis? Well, I'll give you an example. Dwayne Henry is one of our mentees. He's a local guy from Birmingham in Hansworth. 
Um, he's now on NCIS, moved to Hollywood, um, A-lister now. And when he found out about Cyril, he called me straight away because both of, both of us are mentors to him, um, in tears. And he's flying over from LA for the funeral, um, even though it might be a time when he's supposed to be filming. Um, and that's just testament to one of the mentees that we work with at 100 Black Men. And, and Dwayne, whenever he comes over, he'll meet me and he'll meet Cyril every single time. He was here a few months ago. Um, and one of the first people he wanted to see was Cyril. That's a, that is a phenomenal testament. You know, he's a, he's a, really, a real kind of growing star and you know, someone whose time is precious. That's, a, that's incredible. So, so obviously you were friends with, uh, with Cyril Regis and, and his, uh, his passing came way, way too early. I mean, can you think of an instance or is there a story or how will you best remember him? You know, have you got a, a particular um, exchange you'll remember fondly or, or you know, what, 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 what do you think will live longest in the memory for you? I know it's a public show, but I've got a personal memory of Cyril because our birthdays are in the same month, but exactly 10 years apart. Um, so I'm 49 now, he was 59. And about this time of year, we'd always sit down and reflect on... Um, so I'd tell him what it was like when I was turning 30, and he'd give me a bit of advice, a bit like a big brother. Um, then I said, right, turning 40. And the big one now is I'm turning 50, mate. Um, <laughs> let's talk about that and how it impacts you. We'd always talk about our faith um, and what's going to come afterwards. Um, so he's a great, great ambassador for the gospel. Um, so my memories will be of our conversations and at this time of year, the fact that we were about to talk about the next stage of my life. So my memory would be as a big brother, as many people are going to say he was to them as well, a big brother or a big uncle. Um, someone that you could look up to with integrity, someone who never had an ill word to say about anybody, and someone who had a lot of wisdom. Okay, so thank you for joining us uh, on Woodburn Corner this week. It's been a really humbling experience to um, to look into the life of, uh, of a man who, um, who, who I felt like I know, despite the fact that I knew absolutely nothing of him. Um, what have I learned over the time? Well, just quite how fortunate our club is to be associated with a man of this stature, a man who absolutely transcended the game, who who played with a smile on his face and um, and and gave so many people so much joy, but um, but did so much more. Uh, so, speaking personally, I never met Cyril, but I'll never forget him. He was the apprentice electrician who cost us five grand and changed a game forever. On behalf of Albion fans everywhere, nice one Cyril.